You're listening to the Woman Who Chat podcast with me, your host, Sandra Garlic. A podcast where I chat to women in business who share their knowledge and their business journey, including their top tips, especially for you. But not only that, you'll hear their inspirational stories too, the real authentic version, because life and business is actually a roller coaster. I'm the founder of Woman Who, and I help you to power up your personal brand and get visible. I teach you the simple steps to get where you want to be. I help you to find your story and create the opportunities for you to share it confidently on stage, in print, and in other media. I'm delighted to bring this podcast to you each week to inspire and motivate you so that you can achieve in the future. I'll be sharing my knowledge, insights and stories too. Enjoy this week's podcast. Woman Who Chat is sponsored by Grow Radio. Grow Radio is an online radio station dedicated to bringing you a different podcast on the hour, every hour. I'm proud that Woman Who Chat is played on Grow Radio every Tuesday at 3pm and Friday at 8am and to be part of their podcasting community. If you want to listen to the station, explore their shows, get your podcast onto Grow Radio and check out many of the blogs to improve your podcasting skills. So head over to growradio.uk today. To Woman Who Chat, and today I'm chatting to Abby Hoxley of Little PR Rock Marketing Limited. <laughs> New, newly limited, I love that. Yes, very newly limited. So, Abby, tell us what you do. Okay, so in short, if you've ever Googled yourself, it's very fascinating to see what happens. And what you will find in search online is your digital footprint. So for me, as a public relations or PR person, that's very interesting to me because that's the way that people Google you. They do their due diligence on you and not just online, but also in print and everything else as well. So I don't know whether you know, but ChatGPT and Google Bard are learning all the time. They're searching on the Internet for all this information. And what I tend to try to do is help people to become those digital trailblazers so that they can basically get information on there so that when people are searching and, you know, sort of chatting away on whether it's Google or, you know, something like ChatGBT and typing in, they'll find you, they'll find your brand and they'll find it in a way that is really helpful for you to position yourself. So we're going to chat all about PR, (laughs) marketing and communications and everything that you do. And, you know, you've just published Credibility Confidence, How to Leverage PR as a Startup. That's available on Amazon. We'll put the link to that in the show notes. But you've come on a journey yourself. I mean, you've grown yourself. You've obviously worked with me, with Woman Who. You've really elevated your personal brand. And you've actually transitioned through a number of businesses during COVID to come to arrive to where you are now. But that hasn't mattered, has it? Because Abby is has become the brand, hasn't it? Yeah, very much so. I mean, I think all of us, and I do talk about it in the book as well, about the CEO brand and how important that is, especially through public relations, because 
if you have established that brand, because we all need to take risks, one of the you know the things that we have to do as entrepreneurs and business owners is take risks, and they are more forgiving when those risks you know go awry because people like you. It's the no like and trust, isn't it, and all of those things. But I think for me, particularly with public relations, it's important because in our marketing we talk about our customers. But actually, with PR and public relations, we're talking about anybody who's invested in our business. So it could be an investor, an employee, a supplier, communities, trade associations, governments. It could be anybody that's out there actively looking for you. And then these are the people doing their due diligence, their searching and everything. And that's one of the reasons I focus on online, particularly, is helping smaller businesses understand the process of actually creating that digital footprint and I think that's more of what I do today is social purpose environment and actually working with people to get themselves seen in those places where you know that content contribution is seen particularly on higher domain authority websites and stuff yeah and it's interesting I mean I was always told never to google my own name because you only see certain things and get somebody else to google it and show you what they see but actually, it's interesting because the bits of PR I've had over the years are the things that come up the highest, as well as my LinkedIn and all those other things. But people are incredibly nosy. They are nosy about people and they don't like to work with people. And, you know, I say this over and over again. If you want to work with a company, the first thing I do is go to their website, look at the About Us page, and then I Google their name. Yeah. And I find all I can about them because it is this no like and trust thing. So if your digital footprint isn't there, which I found recently, I went to interview somebody and I went, I Googled their name and what they did. And literally four or five things came up and two of those things weren't about them. And I thought, where is your digital footprint? There is nothing. And it is, it's really interesting because part as a public relations person, we do a lot of social listening. I was working on a, I've joined a think tank of investigative journalists and researchers and stuff. And we have a lot of little topics, you know, every day. And I was looking and doing some social, what we call social listening the other day. So we were checking on, you know, social media and also online and where all these stories were coming from, whether they are the big, you know, media or whether they are something like TikTok and what are people saying about that brand all over. And I think it's really important because people increasingly are doing that. And what bothers me going forward, which is why I feel it's really important for me to contribute, is that actually people are now obviously using generative AI to just go recommend a such and such. And you're like, oh, so they're actually not bothering to Google. They're just literally searching in something like that. So if there's no content for these, you know, things to, to find, you know, and you need to actually, it's increasingly happening that people are actually turning to that way of looking for things, which is really interesting. But Googling yourself is fun to do. Obviously, I changed my name from Abbey Head to Hoxley. So I typed it in and obviously all the things come up. And actually now when I think, oh, I've got this idea for a pitch, where is it best placed? Is it best placed on my website, which has got a less footfall? Or should I pitch it to a media outlet? And then it's got a higher domain and it all comes up on your first page of Google. And I think I would choose that one until I'm established in the other area. Fantastic. Well, it's interesting something you said there, Abby, about, you know, AI and I use ChatGPT. I think a lot of people do now to just get ideas. I don't literally use it and copy it, but it I find, and I actually put my own name in and I said, tell me about Sandra Garlic. And it came back with a fantastic bio. <laughs> it accredited me for writing a book I've never even heard of. And when yes. I Googled the book, it didn't exist. And I thought, yes. what a great title for a book I'm about to write. <laughs> 
Yeah, it does have glitches. I don't know if everybody knows this, but something, there's Google Bard as well, Google Bard as well, but they are in their embryonic stages, even though I mean, it's only November, but actually they do spit out some gobbledygook sometimes. And that's why somebody like myself, who's a communications person, I can actually take that information. It's great for research and stuff like that, but actually there, there's always going to be a need. I think a lot of people in my role are worried that they're going to be taken over because of copywriting, but actually it just frees us up so a press release, maybe searching or whatever, I don't do my press releases on, but imagine people did and the client is doing more of their own stuff. And then I get that limited less time, which enables me to do the fact finding research strategy. And that's the less, you know, so that's the bit that the human person can do that the AI can't because, you know, they've called the content like vanilla or whatever, but actually you know, finding those hooks and all of that sort of stuff is really important. And for startups, definitely, when they're looking to get involved in this media circus and stuff, I think the practicing and what I call stacking, it's in the book about the stacking strategy, you can find these places where you can pocket and trial and you can be interviewed by a magazine that's not, you know, quite as quite as established and you can just try it and build up slowly. And I think it may not make me as popular as people, you know, might think in PR. And I don't think it's about necessarily launching into the big press. It's about being at the right time, the right stage. And that's what I said about stacking. That's what's worked for me anyway. You know, when I talk to people about visibility, I say, you know, it's about being the name that the forefront of somebody's mind, the name that people think about first. But you want that to be in a positive way. So, you know, and, you know, as you're building up your brand, as you're building up this, as you say, stacking, it's about having those key elements that demonstrate your expertise because if you're going to feature if the local radio station have got something that's hit the news and it's something big they're looking for local people that can talk about that right away and if you're very as you say very gray very sort of not quite aligned with your message and you're not putting stuff out there in the right way you're never going to be found are you no and I think as well it's about having the confidence to appear on those media because you are going to get questions that you perhaps aren't expecting and that's just standard and so for me that's why I call the book credibility confidence you can have all the qualifications in the world I have lots of qualifications but if you haven't got the confidence in yourself and your you know ability to handle the difficulties handle the questions handle the you know without sort of freezing and stuff and I, I did all that I did I, you know I was on a tv streaming thing the screen went off and I froze and, and all sorts of stuff but I think if you do it slowly, if you just launch yourself onto the BC and you have this thing, you know, what you want to do is to be the person they go back to again and again. And I think that's why I encourage people to go through that, you know, triangle, which I call the source trust triangle, to have that integrity, to have those benefits, to show them that you've got qualifications and or and all and all the experience. And then you begin to build the trust with them. And then you become that source that they go back to. And I think that's the important thing. And these days, I'm finding increasingly that journalists need credible people that can give them the answers they need, because the more you help them, the more you do it for them, the more they don't have to, you know, constantly. I mean, they're absolutely crazy busy. And I know that from the stories that I've been involved with journalists and it's a hell oh, of newsroom. It's like so intense when a story is breaking. And I talked about on the woman who inspires and, you know, and I had a story and it was like, it was snowballing all over social media within when you hit on that story. And I think it's about choosing the right media outlets for you. So for businesses, I know particularly local papers, you know, they'll do awards, they'll do sort of charitable stuff and all of that sort of thing. And any kind of, you know, sort of relative supported business stuff. But there are actually 
dedicated business related places where people you know they can and some are paid you know i don't have a problem with you know some payment towards you know contributions i, I don't think google you know websites function on nothing so i think it's about sharing the right content in the right place at the right time to the right people and as i said your stakeholders are different to your customers and i have had clients and people have come to me and they have shared in the big papers or whatever and they have received no feedback or whatever and it might be because the story was about what the journalist wanted to write about and not what was good for them if that makes sense yeah yeah and it's i think all journalists radio producers tv producers they have they build up a little black book they build up a book so you find you say oh god she's on the radio again she's on the radio again or she's on the tv <laughs> and it's and it was very much for me personally when i was an employment law solicitor i could talk on from one perspective, from an employer perspective about employment law. So anytime there was a new breaking piece of employment legislation, they used to phone me up and say, would you come and comment on this? And I used to find I was pitched or pitted against somebody who had the opposing view. Yes. And I'm very fortunate that I had media training both as a lawyer and when I was doing volunteer work with the FSB, Federation of Small Businesses, because had I not had that media training and not been experienced at having those questions literally thrown back in your face, well, is this not the case, you know, that such, and you think, and it can floor you. It can, yeah. and it can affect whether you're asked again, because, you know, sometimes people come on with different things, but no, you're absolutely right. And that's one of the reasons. I mean, sometimes I feel like a sort of like a little bit of an agent with my clients. I was working with this young, a very young person of four years old, obviously written those books. And I actually took him and his mum to a radio station because they'd never seen one before. They'd never been in one. And it's actually, you know, progressively, if you go slow and sure, you know, do a bit, learn a bit. I think you are better equipped afterwards and it won't scare you off. And I think it's about picking your battles as well and what stories you want to tell. And certainly for me, I will openly admit I am a PR person. I'm a, you know, a PR probably expert, probably, you know, you know a bit more than other people, obviously, because I've done it for 10 years at the charity as well. But actually, what am I actually a, what is my industry specialism? And that's what excites me. So when I work with somebody, I want to know what is that specialism that you've got? And for me, mine's communications. And the reason it's that is because I can do easy read documents, which I used to do at the charity. So I can do that sort of communications, obviously what they, you know, sort of, or alternatively, I can do academic papers. So for me to take the academic stuff and make it accessible and digestible, oh my goodness, that's my specialism. Not all PR people have that range of mm. communication. So I can dissect titles, I can read between the lines, I can, you know, look at the semantics of it. And, you know, what does that actually mean? What does that actually say? And so working with a poet at the moment, you know, is absolute, you know, joy, because she's obviously into language and spoken word and stuff. And so that's what excites me. And I would say, yes, I am an expert in that. So if people wanted to talk about any kind of communications that would be obviously having a graphics background. I've got, you know, I can look at talk about how we see things, why we see things the way we do, but also, you know, how we understand, you know, the way that we are communicating with each other, which I love. I absolutely love networking and I'm hosting a Woman Who Live and Lunch in Birmingham on Friday the 22nd of September. 
you'll hear inspiring speakers, make great new connections, and we'll also announce the finalists of the Woman Who Achieves Solopreneur Awards 2023. To book, simply visit womanwho.co.uk. Now back to the podcast. I can tell you love that because you elevated your <laughs> passion. Your passion sh- shone through there. Yeah. You know, you've written this book for startups. So, yes. you know, as, as a startup, you you sort of, I, I see it as you try and be everything. But you try and do everything yourself. You've not got the budget. You can't go out there and do everything, which is why the book is great, yes. because obviously people can tap into that at a very early stage in business. But, you know, it, when you're trying to do everything yourself, you think, well, do I do this first? Do I do that first? Will PR help me? Will communications help me? How Am I communicating the right message to my client base or my potential client base? <laughs> what, you know, is a good strategy for a startup, you know, to actually get their digital footprint out there? I think the most important thing is to find out what kind of outlets are available to you in your area and also building those relationships with those outlets. So, as I said, you know, it's great to go to the local papers and stuff as well, because you'll find out what they think is newsworthy. Um, There is elements in the book that tells you about what kind of things they're looking for, whether it's the timeliness of a story or, you know, sometimes obviously there are the whole sort of celebrity PR, you know, aspect of PR, which is something that is a totally different thing to me. I'm looking for thought leaders and people who want to be, you know, these industry specialists. So, but certainly, you know, they're looking for content, which is sometimes my favorite one is future impact and stuff. So if what I would say to somebody who is looking at being newsworthy either in the press or in business media is to basically have a stream of consciousness, all the things that you can think of that you, like you were saying, you know, I'm passionate about communications, write it all down, just write it all down, stick down the side, just read this, you know, and actually go, right, that's interesting. I'd like to know more about that. Oh, I didn't know I thought about that and actually have some sort of, and then that'll help you have a strategy so that then you can sort of drip feed it rather than, what worries me sometimes when I see clients come to me, they've shared chapter and verse and then there's nowhere to go after that. And that's the thing that bothers me, because if they'd have thought about the elements of, you know, maybe over a year, maybe over a, you know, over my strategy for the next five years, I don't know. But like this is the elements that I will let go of at these different times. And obviously, you know, we do have events we have, you know, and certainly, certainly I would say to people, sure, you know, if you're starting out, Get those values in and show them. So if you believe in something, then do something passionate about it. I mean, I work with, you know, people that have worked with charities and stuff like that and stand for something. I'd say, you know, get that thing in that you've got that, you know, they recognise you because you stand for this and this is what your values are. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you've got those people that go to extremes and, you know, we come back to those individuals that, you know, you're, they're always in the news. They've got the, the people that have made themselves into what you call celebrities because of their controversial views. And sometimes it's you can have strong views without being controversial and putting yourself on that parapet. But you are putting yourself on a parapet with PR, aren't you? So you, you have to be a bit. Very t- much so. And it's about managing that visibility as well, because, you know, as you're as you're becoming elevated and becoming more visible, you know, there, there is a different attraction for people. You are attracting, you know, different types of people and stuff. And actually, you know, it is that repelling attract, isn't it? And it is very difficult. There are and there has been people come to me and 
I don't believe that all publicity is good publicity. I don't think it is now. I think, you know, I don't know. That's my personal opinion. But actually, I think if you're thoughtful about it, not manipulative, I think everything that I've said has to be done in an ethical way. So you're not spinning the news. I think lots of PR people years ago would spin the news and try and make, you know, but but actually if you're, you know, considerate and ethical and deciding, you know, what to say, rather than just saying something or doing something just to get the coverage, I think that's the danger is that some of us feel we need to overshare to get that coverage or whatever. And I think that is, I'm I'm finding that some people have had, it's bitten them and, and they, then they come to me and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh dear <laughs> and, then, and then you have to sort it out and I think it's just being thoughtful about you know what people are seeing and not just your customers you know and think you know if you're going to scale you will have others you might have employees and investors and all sorts of stuff so there was a friend of mine who she said you know I don't want these questions that are asked in the media about my business I don't want people to see that thing I mean it's I know it's a hook and then and, and then it's always Interesting to see the titles of the stories as well, isn't it? They're slightly converted. So, yeah. <laughs> what we call the clickbait. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. And it is, you know, and I think people have to be prepared that, you know, when you're putting yourself out there, when I say to women that have shared their stories in, you know, copies of I Am A Woman Who, never put anything in print that you don't want to see on the front page of a newspaper because it is, you're, you are virtually exposing yourself but so you know whatever you share you have to be prepared for the consequences that hit behind that and if you share something that one of your clients potentially would offend them then you are putting that client relationship at risk aren't you that's the thing and this is the thing you know this is about taking the risk and what are you visible for I mean as you know and as a lot of people know you know my my own backstory I have PTSD and I'm I do talk about that. I do talk about some of the elements of that. And I was on a podcast the other day and this, the first question was, you know, can you talk about the PTSD? I was like, oh, and I just did. I just said, it's like Fight Club, you know, sometimes with people with PTSD, you don't talk about Fight Club. It's just one of those things. But it has affected the way I've done PR. It has, you know, all of the things we go through affected, you know, if it hadn't been for that, I would never have worked for charities. I probably would have, you know, gone, I don't know, down London and done some big thing or something, big stressful PR, not well, graphics at the time. and. And I never would have had this skill set that I've got now. So it has actually affected it. But it's how do I elegantly share that? How do I share it so it doesn't trigger people? How do I, whether it's public speaking, obviously meeting yourself, you know, learning about public speaking and stuff. You know, how do I do that in a way? And for me, I just think, is that adding value to that person? And if it's not, it's just about me. There's no ego for me in writing a book. It was simply because some people want to understand PR. They've got a lot of time. They've just started up. They need to get that point and they couldn't afford to work with a PR person whether it was myself or somebody else but they can you know read a book I think it took me you know a few hours to read the book when I was you know editing and stuff and they can do that and they can start there and then they understand what it is and it's not scary and then they can do something else and yeah it's it can be a media circus and when you start mixing with those that level of high profile journalists and stuff it can be heady yeah Mm. Yeah. And I think, you know, you said something really key there. You know, it's about who are you helping? What the purpose of putting the content out there? Because if you're putting something out there just to beef up your own brand and say, look at me, aren't I amazing? It's not going to really go down the same as if you're sharing a story of how you've helped transform somebody or done something that has benefited somebody else. Because 
at the end of the day, that's the type of brand you want to build, isn't it? Because you want to, the whole purpose of PR is to get more clients. That's the thing. And I think people can see through that sort of vanity press and all of those sorts of things. And also, you know, I think for me, that's not the kind of PR I work with. Obviously, I understand it a little bit more, you know, the celebrity PR of having a story and then burying that story with another story. And then so-and-so comes out and then such and such has published something else to balance them. And I'm like, ah, you know, that for me is is a whole other world of PR. And I did my assignment for my CRPR diploma because I just wanted to have the diploma on top of the, you know, the, the charter membership and all of that. I just, you know, I kind of wanted to go into the nuts and bolts academically more. And I did my assignment on Meghan and Harry. And obviously you've got royal PR and you've got celebrity PR and the clash has just, yeah. it's just incredible. It's, you know, and I won't sort of go into it too much, but actually, you know, trying to follow that story. <laughs> Oh, how to how anybody facts finds when it's coming from all directions. You know, it was before it was before the Queen passed away. But actually, it was extremely, you know, I was like, wow, this is intense. This is, you know, and it was, yeah, it was great to, as, a, as an assignment. Well, we've run out of time, Abby. We could chat about this all day. <laughs> what I'd love you to do is to leave our audience with a top tip or piece of advice, something they can take away. I think my biggest piece of advice from what I found of my working with people over doing PR over the last 18 months or whatever it's really for me understanding the difference between authenticity and vulnerability so for me vulnerability would be me sharing aspects of things I'm not comfortable with for the purposes of being vulnerable being authentic is about sharing those things that you are in in control of or you know like the fact I've mentioned I have PTSD I can do that without being vulnerable because I'm no longer vulnerable about it but if if you're oversharing if you're doing those things to get coverage it's very difficult to claw that back because you will feel exposed or overexposed and it's going to be really difficult to manage yourself as you become more visible that's what I was going to say. Fantastic. Well, today I've been chatting to Abby Hoxley of Little PR Rock Marketing. It's been fantastic to chat to you and we will put all the links and everything to your book in the show notes. Thank you, Abby. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Woman Who Chat podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Join me next week for more inspiration, learning and top tips. In the meantime, visit womanwho.co.uk to find out how you can start your Woman Who journey or even feature on a future podcast. You can also join the Woman Who Achieves community on Facebook. The link is in the show notes. There, you'll get the opportunity to network, find support and make new connections with over a thousand women in business. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's podcast. And if there are any topics you would like to hear, just get in touch with me, your host, Sandra Garlick.